I've, I've seen before in the comments sections and some of the videos, people are like, well, we can't trust your opinion because, you know, you're working for such and such or you're doing this. And that's got to be that's, quite this is. But I, I'll be honest with you about that. So this is something that I said already in this conversation. When I started working with PowerSlide, they never told me anything. Yeah, I was the one feeling like, maybe if I do something with other skates, and I did work with the brand. Nowadays, whenever I do a review, and from actually listening to people and reading the comments, because I read them all, like it's sometimes it, it really sucks, I should ignore them, but sometimes they're bad for me. It, it affects yeah. you, but it doesn't Yeah, of course matter. it does. It's, yeah, it's no one. But it's no, good. It, no one, it affects no you for being, good. And Yeah, but some of them are just a bit rude and like no one likes being insulted. Yeah, yeah, it's, but I get it. It's I understand. I actually ask for people, please let me know what you don't like. I I go and say, do it. I prefer that. But anyway, so while working with PowerSlide, that always happens. So when I first started working with Micro, the first thing that I told them was, whatever we do, my YouTube channel is fully independent. So it doesn't matter if I work with these, these or that brand, I will be able to skate and review every single skate on the market, period. And I do it. Yeah. And in fact, since I started working with them, I, I basically didn't do, I do skate them. I like the skates. I wouldn't work with a brand if I don't like the skates, but I haven't really made that many reviews of the products yeah, that, no, of the I, brand that, that I work that with. That is what I was going to say. It's not like your channels turned into the micro channel. Like you still review a lot of aggressive skates from different brands. I basically, I basically don't, I don't review stuff from micro. I prefer yeah. to, in my job, what I do is I choose other people what I can send the skates to and I ship them the skates and I expect them to make a review about it. And I never told them if it's bad, don't do it. Whatever. It's up to them. If they want to, if they think it's better, don't do it. They don't. If they, if they want to just say it's bad, they do. It's a risk that a brand takes, whatever. But for me, I will speak about it. And there was a pair of skates called the Empty Plus. When I made a review, I told them, look, you can take it the way that you want. I do work for this brand. So I say in the beginning of the video, you can take it the way that you want. And yeah, you, at this least is something. You're, yeah, you're being upfront and disclosing it rather than, yeah. It's important. I think that's fine. Yeah. But, but I wouldn't think about that if I wouldn't hear people saying it or if I wouldn't read people saying, yeah, but he did and he that. Like I try to adapt to that type of stuff. Now, the truth is for me to be able to do what I do and to like imagine to, to I told you how much I could make from, from YouTube. But yeah. for me to be able to get that and go and buy a speed gun or to go and buy a, a pair of these skates that I know that I would never use, I need to not be depending on these to leave. And the reason why I don't depend for this to leave, it's because I have a job, which is still skating. And for now, I didn't want, I wouldn't want to do anything at the moment, which is not related to skating. But nowadays, everything that me and my wife do is related to skating. So uh, yeah, because I, I did assume that your main source of income or your biggest source of income was your job at micro. And that obviously just watching it from the outside, it's not like it's not been without challenges because obviously you had the reputation of micro that you had to overcome, which was... That was <laughs> I knew that would come. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not, I'm not actually... I don't even want to talk... Yeah, it's but it's all good. It's, it's all good. Talked about but it's death. all good. I'm not... I'm, actually, that's not what I'm going to ask you about. You know what? But you know what? I can talk about it because it never been talked 
from both sides. Okay. And I actually genuinely is, don't want to ask you about it. I want to ask about I, what I wanted to mention was about how you dealt with it because you had just addressed it very publicly and went, well, this is, you know, it was before my time, yada, yada, yada. But then you said, you know, you'd had trouble getting the skates into shops. And I was like, God, he's got this new job, but he's having trouble actually getting, I was like, well, I was like, God, Ricardo could get this new job and then lose it because it just doesn't. And then it seems like you very much problem solving. Well, well, if I can't get it into shops, I'm going to create a shop and then I'm then I'm going to sell them. And that's what I like about because no matter what anyone says about you, you're always thinking, you've, you're always coming up with new ideas. And it's not like you you run into a wall and you go, oh, that's it then. I'm going to stop or I'm going to quit or I'm going to, you go, no, I'm going to find a solution. I'm going to work through this. And it seems like you've just been very good at doing that over the years, like like encountering a problem and just solving it. And I, I think the reason why I think that's very I admirable. really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. The only reason why that happens, it's not obviously the only, but like I have a huge help from the people that I work with. And I'm saying like my wife and the people that I've been surrounding by, like with the shops, we have people that we actually trust and we have been able to delegate functions to people. And I never thought to say that. And I started the whole thing. I told you that I used to run a shop that was never, it was inside a skate park. It was nothing. It was just, it was just me. Probably I wouldn't get a people a, a week. It, it was it. Yeah. When I would sell a skater, like that's cool today. I, I made some money like every now and then, and it, things change. But the reason, as you said, the reason why I had to start a shop was really that I, I felt like people like to ch choose one side. That's basically the things. And when it comes to these micro thing. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I I have been trying. I've been talking. I, I spoke with a couple of people about it. I never spoke about it publicly. And the reason for that being was because since the beginning of this, since I started working with the brand, I would, I said this in my first video about me starting with micro. It was a mess previously, but I never, I would never accept to work with the brand if some of the things that are being said were true. So I went to China, I went to factories. Before I accept anything, I, I made the million questions. I made so many questions about, what about these? What about that? What about that? I asked two of my friends, one of them, which is big in the skating industry, they said, no, right away, don't do it. The next one that I spoke with, someone which is I really respect as a skater, told me, you're going to lose, lose the whole street credibility. That's what he told me. You're going to lose your street cred. And at the same time, I looked at it like, I want to leave from skating. I have an opportunity to do something for skating and to be able to support my family from this. And that's basically the way that, the way that I took it. If I could speak what's behind, I I can. But at the same time, I don't know if it's something that we want to do here or not, or if you want to do it any other time, it's all good about it. But my function, my main job was taking care of the image of a brand that was 
broken to pieces without even starting. It's just like he was. It's like you're trying to build a glass, but the glass was never a glass. That's basically it. It was always pieces of glasses, and people keep on smashing the glass, and I keep on trying to build it. And the truth is, I do know a lot of people when it comes to skate shops and all that. And for every single one that is, I'm going to talk to you that own a skate shop right now, every single one of you that own a skate shop, every single one of you that are very good friends of mine when it comes for me to sell skates for you through my YouTube channel, they're all very good friends of mine. But when it comes to buying skates from the brand that I work for, none of you want it because you were scared of whatever. I don't want to talk about it. The truth is, once I started the shop, the skates started selling. And every single person that bought the skates, until now, I didn't got one complaint about the quality of the skates. So everything that has been said, I don't know. I can ask you, are the skates bad, the skates that you bought? For yeah, kids' sorry. skates. Like, yeah, Be honest they, with me. They, they do the job. Like It's, it's kind of hard to abuse a kid's skate to the point where it would break. It would have to be pretty terrible quality for it to do that. But they're comfortable. She loves them. And all she cared about was that they were pink. When I asked her, do you want a pair of rollerblades? She went, I want a pink pair of rollerblades. And I was like, I do not know where to find those. And then your shop opened up and I was like, oh, just have a look. There's pink rollerblades. And I was like, I am going to win dad of the year here. So pink rollerblades were ordered. Yeah. See, but that's the, basically the thing is, man, it's, I, I started it and it's also a mission because now, Look at things the other way. It happened previously with me with Power Slide because I was on the, the role that I had. And when I started doing the code with Eden or with Bladeville, people started like, yeah, but it's not fair because you work with Power Slide and now they're selling the product through you and you have a connection. And now also the same happened with, with Micro, obviously, when I started selling, yeah, but you work with them. And so, I set the rule and I said to everyone, you will not see a post on the main feed of Micro related to my shop, which I make posts or I have someone that makes posts on, on the Micro Instagram on a regular basis, but you don't see posts about my shop yeah, because I cannot take advantage of my job role when it comes to that. But at the same time, the reason why it's selling, it's because I like the product yeah, and, and, and I trust even, it. There's nothing wrong with that. Like you, you couldn't get them into other shops. So you created your own shop. They're selling well. That's And you know what? And, not, and now it's selling. It's and now it's selling to other shops. You've been transparent about it. It's not like there's been any secrecy or hide. Like, no, no, no. And you know what? I was scared of losing my job, not because I'm not doing it right, but because of every single person that were scared of getting the skate to their shop. Yeah. And I'm like, it doesn't matter how good of a job, how, how much promotion I can do for a brand. If the skates just are not available, you're trying to, you're trying to, to sell skates or to get people to buy skates, but then people can't buy them anywhere. Yeah. So let's make them available. And that was basically it. So, that is it. And it's actually been doing good in that's South what, Africa. That's what I wanted to ask. So is there, are there like particular countries where they sell better than others? Like where, where do you guys find that you have the kind of biggest market? 
well, my biggest market at the moment is basically South Africa with Lino Skate Shop that right. it's completely solid at the moment. I never expected from... Is, is Mo just selling all the skates on sex appeal? Is that what it is? People, they're just selling them through. Mo, is Mo still running the shop? Mo is still running the shop. Yeah. He works for us. Like it's, I'm very proud of that, man. I'm actually very proud because Mo is the guy. The day that I met Mo, I was filming a video. I went there this morning. He's like, my name is Mo. And that same day, I was like, man, I would like to get someone to work on the shop on Sundays and Saturdays just in the mornings. And he was like, I would do that. I would like to. And then he worked there for, for two weekends. And on the third weekend, he came and, man, I dreamed that I, I could do this as a full job. And I was telling him, like, you know, I was actually speaking to Janice yesterday that I would love to have you doing this as a full job, even if it is my income, but I would love to pay you and be able to focus on more on the YouTube channel. That's when yeah. I was starting to, to learn. I wasn't making enough money to live or anything like that, but I wanted to focus more on that. So that's when he started working for us full time. And at the, the moment, at that time, he, I asked him how much he wanted and he, we paid him basically the same that he was getting paid on, on, on the job that he had. And he was, and I told him, but I don't want to create problems for you. And he was like, no, it's going to be okay. So he left his job. He spoke with his boss. Like, if it doesn't work, I'm coming back. That was his agreement yeah. with his boss. But I'm very happy that nowadays we're able to pay him way more than twice, like almost three times what we used to pay him. And that was like the last three months we were paying like six times or five times what he used to get paid. That's, that is pretty awesome. It's, yeah. You've, you've basically, you've given someone like you've given someone essentially a, a job slash career. Yeah. And a it, lot. It, it yeah, seems like you've improved his circumstances, which that's, that's something to be very proud of. The thing is we were able to, when we left, we were able to find the best way. Basically I was trying to find a job for him because I didn't know if I wanted to keep the shop. I ended up finding a way to keep the shop open and reduce the expenses a lot. And that's what we did. We reduced the expenses. We kept Mo and Janice's main job when we moved to Portugal was to manage Mo and to start becoming the buyer. Janice was related to fashion for a long time. Yeah, with I UK brands, saying, yeah. bringing UK brands, yeah, bringing UK brands to, to South Africa and doing all the, the looks of everything. So she always wanted to do more like the, the buying the right stuff. And I was never into that, man. I was like, I like skating, but like, I would be the worst. I'm bad at managing a shop, honestly. I'm like, sometimes I would let myself go out of skates completely until I order it. Then the shop is open for like almost a month or one and a half month with very few products. I never made pre-orders. And she manages like smoothly. Her and Mo have been making it working very good. And then we even hired someone just to, to produce content because they're not there so that they could take pictures of the new products and whatever. So over on that side, we went up like, I don't know, I don't want to say anything wrong, but we were like more than five times with the whole pandemic. So it's it's been very good. And on this side, obviously it's new. I never had to make a skate shop where I had competition, basically in South Africa. Yes, there was competition, but it's like a roller derby shop in Johannesburg. And now they open like a roller rink in Cape Town that they have. It's good. It, this type of competition is going to be good. Now in Europe is completely different. For me to open something in Europe, in Loco, I, I love what Jake has been doing. Like Jake is like the master. He's always like 
Dude, so a lot of times I have ideas and I would tell James, how cool would be that two weeks later, boom, you got it. Like, damn it. <laughs> I love it. It's not like damn it in a bad way. It's like yeah. awesome because he's doing it so good. Bladeville, Grindhouse has been strong in the game since forever. Like not as strong probably as a couple of years ago, but like then you have the guys like from Skate Pro, they're like the IT masters. They find ways to be everywhere. And, it's it's cool like there's a lot of competition but the reason why i sell it's i think i want to think it's because of how straight i can be to people and well yeah there's 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 the audience that you've created and like you said you've now got a product that no one else has like you're you're able it's not like they can go to those other shops and you can lose a sale because they can but i'm the first one to tell them yeah, <laughs> but they can get the sh- they can micro from everywhere. They can get micro from everywhere, and they can do whatever they want. I, I, I'm the f- like, if someone wants to buy micro, imagine if someone wants to buy a pair of empty plus. If they are in Manchester, there's a shop in Manchester, the Alchemist from Matt. It's like a new shop. He yeah, sells the um, skates. Well, yeah, near, you know, north like north of Manchester. Yeah, but it's. This is just an example. If you want to buy the skates in Rome, in Italy, there's a shop in Italy. If you want to go to Athens, and a lot of these shops, they do, they do online sales too. So all of these, it's about the way that they put themselves out there. And it, as someone that works for Micro, I'm gonna send them to send it to them. Now, if someone contacts my shop about something, Jan, that's why since the beginning, I always say the same. Janice is the boss. She deals with it. She does the, the um, I call it the customer service and all that. Yeah. And sooner or later, we're going we're gonna to need someone else for that because it's, it's, it's been busy. And now with that's, the kids at home, lot, we've yeah, been going yeah, mad. Definitely. Um, that's, that's very cool. So, I'm, yeah, I'm glad things are going well. I, I kind of got that impression um, just from because I saw that obviously you're hooking up people now with like things like Brett Davies, um, mm. who, yeah, I met so many years ago. Like, he used to help film at Slam Jam with another guy called Jordan Matters, and that was the first time I'd met him. Um, I've also heard that either through your shop or through micro, you're actually like kind of semi-sponsoring people because I've heard of other people that you're hooking up with free products. Yeah. Yeah. Basically we, I'm going to talk first about Brett. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think I ever met Brett to be totally honest with you, but I remember of Brett skating big wheels when he was in Malaga. Yeah. And I know that he somehow kind of faded and then he came back. And last year we, we had have, um, a UK micro distributor and he was willing to try some micro empty plus skates and he bought his first pair of skates, like the cheapest ones that we have, the most affordable ones, like 100 pounds. He bought the skates and started skating. He enjoyed them and we started connecting started getting in contact and I was like, man, there's this pair of skates that not a lot of people in Europe are skating or even worldwide. I would like to send you the skates and you tell me what you think. And we did it. And then he started producing a lot more content and we started doing a lot more stuff with him, but he always wanted to connect with me, not just with the brand. So when we opened the shop, he wanted to be related to me more than just with the brand. 
So we're like, let's do something with the shop. So what we did was he skates with his new brand called Endless. They send him skates. They send him, they send him frames. And we're like, okay, let's, why don't we make a, a, pro set, a pro shop setup? So we put like the best liners, the wheels that you like to skate. And we make something that we transform a, a 100 pound skate in a 400 pound skate. Or uh, it's very expensive. It's not for everyone, but it's, you know, yeah. you know it. I mean, what no, skate do you skate? Do you skate a stock skate? <laughs> that's what I mean. It's no different to a them skate. Like a them skate is a budget skate, but then you can make it a high end skate by putting an intuition line around yeah. or some crate frames. Or yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. And for him, is like for him is is very happy with that. And what I like the most about him is what I actually try to do the most with urban skating. It's not always about doing double backflips. <laughs> it's not always about doing like the biggest gap. It's at, in that type of skating, we need relatable people. What I mean by that is if I'm trying to buy a pair of skates to ride the city, I, I'm going to see these guys skating the city or skating whatever, having the best time, a very friendly guy. Like when someone sends him a comment, he's always happy with everyone, always answering everyone. He's very relatable. Yeah. And and that works very good for a brand that sells these type of skates, probably more than the guy that jumps from here to the moon. So and it's accessible. Yeah. Like seeing someone just cruising around and just do it. You're like it. It looks. He makes it look so easy. So you're like, someone's like, I could do that. Or I could picture myself yeah. doing that. Yeah. And I would that, like doing it too. And that's the problem with aggressive skating, because when someone does something, if it's, you know, too especially during the period where you grew up skating, people are jumping off roofs and grinding off roofs and doing real to <laughs> That's know. not, no one sees that and goes, I can see myself doing that. Of course you can. Yeah, like, they're, I know. Getting, they're getting broke off left, right and center. But when someone's skating through a city and just looking cool, like you're like, oh, I could, I could be that guy. I'm going to give you a good example. When I started skating, Rene Green was already doing all those flicks. flips. And he, yeah. was already, he was already so good on that. I remember seeing that on TV. And I'm talking about when I started aggressive skating. I started skating before, but like when I yeah. started aggressive skating, I started seeing that like, I would never be good in a vert ramp. I'll stay in street. See, this is just a thought. Yeah. And nowadays I was actually speaking to Janice yesterday. Dude, Bernardo, which is the guy that has that that builds the ramps, he has a vert ramp. <laughs> I was just telling him, oh god, oh god. <laughs> don't do it, don't do it. It's too late. It's not too no, late man, to do most know. things, but you're too old, right? Don't do it. Do not do it. You're, you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> Maybe kill I can learn my twist. <laughs> oh god. No, but no. it's just like what? I, no, I know, but you understand what I'm trying to say. The whole yeah, thing with Rene Holgren is like. Sometimes it's intimidating. I, I like it's intimid when you yeah. see someone that good exactly. like, going that hard, it's intimidating. It's not it's impressive, but it's not like you you if you've never done it before, you don't look at that and go, Oh yeah, I'm gonna give that a try. No, you're not. Like <laughs> exactly only, it's only only scary. psychopaths think, Oh, I'm gonna try like you get certain nut jobs that put on a pair of skates and go, I I'm gonna do what he's doing. But that but you and far between example. There's a guy that is actually a very good friend of mine. He was one of the first Portuguese aggressive skaters. His name is Pedro Ferreira. And I remember watching something on TV. There was something playing on TV. And there was like 
I see the guys jumping stairs. And back then I was like the Portuguese speed skating champion at my age, like 15, 14, whatever. And seeing people jumping stairs, going downstairs, I didn't felt that appealing. I was like, I can do that. Even without ever, try, ever trying it, I can do that. But then there was something playing on TV and they put like a little rail coming out of like a, you know those beer boxes, plastic boxes with a rail coming out. I don't know if yeah, you yeah, ever did that. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no. You just stick <laughs> like you just stick yeah. a scaffolding pole in a crate. Yeah, yeah. yeah but there was that. there was there was there was playing on TV, man. <laughs> anyway, that it doesn't matter. We're talking about ninety three, ninety four, whatever. And I see the guys just sliding on there. Like that's easy. That's what I was thinking. And then this guy goes and does an X grind. I was like, wow, that's cool. That X grind from that Pedro Ferreira, which is now a good friend of mine, actually made me like, I want to get a pair of skates. <laughs> and I tried putting money on the side for a couple of months to then go and buy a pair of Rossi Street. But it's, it was that, you know, like yeah, compared to looking at Renny Ulrin doing those flips, for me, it wasn't appealing. I know for some people, probably a gymnast would look at that. That's cool, you know? No, I, I know what you mean. And I think that, yeah, a lot of that contributed to rollerblading's downfall during that period because we were so desperate to go hard to get appreciation from other extreme sports that we didn't realize we were mm -hmm. completely alienating potential skaters because they were like, "That's all these people are psychopaths. I'm not doing that." <laughs> Whereas, like what you said, with Brett's appeal is that he's he's not doing anything intimidating. He's just doing what he does well. Let let me be the interviewer now. One question only. Okay. <laughs> one. What do you think it's going to happen with skateboarding? Because skateboarding seems to be going that way now. It, Bigger, crazier than ever. Have you seen what they're doing now? Like the biggest trails, the biggest kinks, the biggest gaps. They're going crazier than ever. Yeah. The, to be honest, I'm really not that into skateboarding. I like, I like the personalities behind skateboarding, like things like Nine Club, where they interview people, which is why I was so excited mm -hmm. when Billy and Austin started jump street because i was like oh my god likewise i was like finally rollerblading is getting a nine club this is gonna be amazing and um, and why i still love it because yeah jump street's awesome but in terms of the actual activity of watching skateboarding if i'm being perfectly honest i find it really quite boring and repetitive which is what i would imagine mm -hmm. a lot of people think when they watch aggressive rollerblading they go well all the grinds look the same i don't so but there are things that I will watch, like GX1000 and stuff like that, where they do all the hill bombs in San Francisco, because it's just, mm -hmm. it's insane. Like, just the stuff, I'm like, any one of these could get you killed. Like, any one of them. So stuff like that. But then I think with skateboarding, skateboarding's now, once again, pushed the envelope of mainstream acceptance, because now they're going to be in the Olympics. And they've obviously got this generation's Tony Hawk and 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 people like Nigel Houston and all these people that are making themselves very accessible and making themselves into, you know, things that are bigger than skateboarding. Like Nigel's got his YouTube channel where he has a session every Saturday and he's doing things like you are on your own terms and becoming there. So yeah. in, in terms of, I don't really follow the industry that much, but I can, I genuinely believe they're just going to infiltrate mainstream culture even more than they already have. Like, look at what Thrasher's done in the fashion world. Like, it's it's everywhere now. And I, I know. I, I I only see I see their foothold in mainstream culture only getting stronger and stronger. And like you said, the sport might be getting crazier, but it's got so many different niches and fractions within it because you've got 
it's like in blading in blading you've got the basement guys they're like i'm not killing myself in a hand drill anymore i'm not i'm not jumping off roofs anymore i'm just going to absolutely finesse the hell out of a skate park and ledges and i'm going to do it you know incredibly awesomely so i think i think skateboarding still just going to be like that it's going to have your different niches within it but you're going to have these people like you know Nigel and Sheckler and stuff like that that are always going to appeal to an outside audience and i genuinely just think it's just going to get bigger and bigger yeah there are guys nowadays like i was watching this guy i don't even know like from colombia the other day like there's some stuff being done in skateboarding that like some rails that even for inland skates are not as easy because he was always like ah whatever we can do it of course we would be able to we send the farmer we take the farmer out of the pocket we send the farmer and yeah. you're safe but <laughs> now, now skateboarders are doing real to real transfers though that's terrifying i've seen i've seen some footage of skateboarders doing like a steep handrail to a steep handrail and i'm like wow you just erased the one thing that separated us from <laughs> from you guys you yeah, just bridged that gap <laughs> right yeah so um yeah that's cool <laughs> if if i had if i had the insights i would be the yeah i'd, I'd be the successful person uh, making a living off blading but that's I'm, I'm my mind's not that that progressive ah, come on. um okay so what else did i want to know what else did i want to ask you about so what's the do you have any kind of like future things going on with micro that you can tell us about or any a direction that you guys are heading in yes or? yes 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 we're actually i'm very excited now finally we're having like a proper urban skating team okay <laughs> like uh, that's what i was going to ask because i know one of the guys that you've been in touch with um stephen johnston yes um he yes. he mentioned that he he'd had some contact with you so Yes, 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 yes. We're doing something. There's a couple more. Some of them I can't say it yet, okay. but we we have a... I'm actually very happy with the guys that we're getting together. And we, for this year, we're going to have some skates sold as boot only, which is not a thing in, in urban skating. Right. So basically, I'm talking obviously about urban skating because we also make other stuff like kids skates and stuff like that. But I'm talking about more like the stuff that probably some people would relate even if i know that a lot of the people watching this come for aggressive skating and i'll yeah. get there in a second but we're getting some like skates being sold as boot only and the urban skating theme that i told you some of the skaters are aggressive skaters some of them never really used big wheels before but they've been willing to try. And the whole goal here is that there are some guys that are pure urban skaters, just skate the city, that's it. Some of them very skilled at it. And some others are just someone that want to try to get on the big wheels and they will, they will all have completely different approaches into skating. When it comes to products for this year, and we had like this team is like, there's people from all over the world, from Chile, Argentina, Australia, in Europe, we have a couple of from the UK. There's people basically from Spain. There's people from basically all over the world. Um, Product-wise, I said the first time that I started working with the when I made a video saying that I would be working with this brand, that would be a line of products, and we are we've been working on that. I'm supposed to, hopefully, it's something on my way now, which is a 
I can speak about like openly about it. I'm trying to make something which is there's a boot that will have the exact same look from the top, but the bottom, like imagine the top of the boot is the same. You, the bottom, there's three different models. So basically, imagine if you would be able to buy like a, the most relatable thing for you would be probably the, the USD carbons. Imagine that if the USD carbons could you could buy a USD carbon as a UFS skate or as a 165 skate. By 165, a lot of people would think of a slalom carbon skate. Yeah. Like you can have one which is all wavy on the bottom and oh. the other one which is just the UFS. So three different mounting systems. That's what you mean. Two different mounting systems. Right. Meaning that two of these have the same mounting system in a different way. So okay. it's one UFS, we will have a UFS. It's, I wouldn't say, yes, it will be able to be used as an aggressive skate, but we are not producing an aggressive skate as an aggressive skate, at least for now. Right. Maybe in the future. But it's... It, you see... I have one here. But yeah. You see, like, obviously, there's the wizard frame that everyone uses Yeah. when it comes to, like... When, when everyone uses the wizard frame, there's only one boot on the market for it, period. There's only one boot. There's no competition when it comes to that. I had a conversation with Leon the other day about it. It's the, the Seba boot. This, Either the this, has been, this has been contentious because apparently when people have contacted Leon to say what skate goes with the wizard, he's, yeah, he said, you know, these other brands, it doesn't go with them. And I, I know that Peter from Adapt took that really personally. I know, I know, yeah. I know. But the truth is, uh, what I mean by that is like, that's what people have been using. I believe yeah. that the, an adapt skate will work good with it, but at the same time, I never tried it. So okay. we have someone that creates a boot like Peter saying it works. We have Leon saying it doesn't, I don't know if it's for selling reasons or whatever. I, I don't know, and I don't want to get in the middle of that, but I do know that most of the people look at the, I actually tried it when I first got a pair of wizards from Leon, I bought the wizards from Leon two years ago. And I tried a couple of different boots. I thought, yeah, the US this way is a skate that I think the previous version, it's, yes, it's might not be the favorite look of a skate for a lot of people to use with this type of frame, but I used to skate it with the taller frame and I used to think it was very supportive. That's, that's what I was going to say. I, the sway doesn't strike me as a supportive skate at all. It seems very like uh, like flexy. The newer one, it's very forward flexy yeah. and also soft. The previous one was harder. It right. didn't have the forward flex problem. Okay. So, which for a lot of people, it's not a problem. For a lot of people, they really like it a lot. I don't. At first, when I got it, it was weird to be able. I actually really enjoyed the farmer skates. All right. The type of movements that you can do, the way that you can squat differently because your knees go forward. It just looks awkward when you look back and you see a thing getting like squashed and pointing that's, out. That's, yeah, that kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But the way it feels is, is different from most of the skates. And that's also important as a brand like USD. Why would all the skates look the same? If they are yeah. different skates, let them feel different. So, but anyway, so as a skate for the, as a boot for the Wizards, there's basically no competition. I tried the, the, the sways. I tried with some, I thought, let me try some carbon skates. So 
I gutted some carbon Frankie Morales and made them everything to make them a carbon skate. It doesn't work. So at least it didn't work for me. Probably some people listening to this, they will think it works, but it's not the same as the SX. So I'm not trying to copy anything as the Seba SX, but we're trying to make a skate that will work with UFS frames for bigger wheels. And there's more nowadays. You have like the Kaiser just released one. Um, Compass has the 80 millimeter frame, which is UFS. There's a lot of people that don't want sole plates. They want a big wheel UFS frame. Yeah. K2 has been releasing UFS skates for a bit. I don't even think they have 165. So we want to make a skate that works for that. But at the same time, I don't always skate that. And there's other frames like the endless frames. They are 165 and I really like how they feel. I really like them. And I like that the boots give you a lot more options. It's not just a wizard or an aggressive. I, I do like you that. Can, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very cool concept. Yeah. Yeah, I can put an off-road frame. I can put a, a downhill frame. I can put like whatever frame I want, a speed skating frame, whatever. I can put whatever I want there. Speed skating is different. But I can put most of the frames and just skate with a 165. At the same time, there's two types of 165. Not 165, but raised hill. There's the raised hill, like a slalom skate, the wavy one. Yeah. And then there's the raised hill, like the majestic or like the dam, that you can still put sole plates with the raised hill. Okay. And that's basically what I can tell you about it. <laughs> so right, so it's basically it's going to be easily cust customizable. Like you'll be able to pick if you want. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not an aggressive skate. It can be an aggressive skate, and yeah. that's also one of the reasons why our urban skating team already has some aggressive skaters. Yeah, so they can help with feedback and. That's cool. so and we'll it's not like yeah, it's, it's not like it hasn't been done before. I mean, Rollerblade have released plenty of skates that aren't aggressive skates, but can be used like you know the they're the fusion. Yeah, the, the fusion is the, the exact same yeah. as the solo. Yeah, just without soul plate, and, and then yeah. you put the soul plate, and you're good to go. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's a, like B Freeze doing it with the Flying Eagle ones. He's putting soul plates on them. Yeah, like yeah, but Flying Eagle is really like that. Flying Eagle is. That's a very good concept. It was developed by Oli. I remember he designed everything and then the ink, just the before Enkidu. it came out, had to step away. Yeah, the Enkidu, yeah. The Enkidu. It's, it's, I wasn't, I don't really skate the frame that often and I don't even skate the Flying Eagle that often. I had the skates. Yeah. But it, the sole, the, the sole plate doesn't feel as good with most of the other 165s because it's aligned differently. Okay. I really, really wish that soul plate would work with other skates because it's on a flying eagle skate. Dude, you take that soul plate, you put that soul plate, it becomes UFS, you take the soul plate. And some people don't like the looks and I fully respect that. But if that system would work, then you could put it in a lot of different skates. Example, we have a skate called the Beat that is white with a big M on the side. A lot of people really like the look of that. Oh, yeah, I know the one you mean, yeah. That thing with the sole plate, it looks awesome. I put it. 
I've tried it a couple. I even put that would kind of look like a, that would. I think that would look kind of like a deshi. That would look like one of the old deshis out a little bit. Yeah, 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 a bit. It does look a bit like a deshi, but I like the looks of it. I always love the looks of deshis. I didn't love the way they feel that much. No, I hated that. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last one is the carbon one. Some people really like it, like it, but the, it was about the construction. I don't know if you know about the construction of that skate, but most of the skates that you have are done as a cup thing, yeah. like on your heel. And that one was a flat sole and things coming from the side. So when you first get it, it's stiff, but in no time. That was it. I remember cardboard. it turning into cardboard. Yeah. And just. But people love it. Some people love it. The stuff that they could do with those, they yeah. couldn't do with anything else. Oh, I mean, Martina was still Martina was still skating them until you know last year and winning competitions in them. So yeah, yes. uh, they, yeah, they definitely did the job for some people. That's pretty cool. Um, One of uh, my favorite guys to ever watch on those skates was Frido, Frido in elbow. I remember him skating the whole black ones. He had the best look, in my opinion, on those. See, I would have said Chris Cheshire. Quinn, Chris was amazing, Quinn of Chris course, and, and even on. Chris Farmer. And Chris yes, Farmer, when Farmer true. was still yes. very baggy. Yeah. But if you if you if you ever saw, probably the, the thing with Frido, man, is a lot of people never really. There was never really good footage of Frido. I remember yeah, that he was on Mind Game. He had, yeah, he, but he had an awesome section in um, Kaiser. Insiders yeah. and outsiders. Out, outsiders, who yeah. Filmed that. It was, it, was made, it was made by the Can, uh, Canadian guy, um, Guillaume, Guillaume La Trompette, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, it was not like... Guillaume man, something. Guillaume. Whoever, whoever skated with Frido around 2000 and, between 2004, 2006, whoever skated with him when he was skating that, she will fully understand what I'm saying. He was... So, so good. Like, just so good, but you you couldn't see it on whatever that would be online or... Yeah. Unless you really went to Vienna or saw him somewhere. It was just on a different level. I kind of feel like that's the case for a lot of skaters from that generation. Yeah, of course. Where, because of because course. there was only such a small selection of people making videos, that there was just this entire generation of incredible talent that just remained undiscovered. I have or not undiscovered, just that. just underexposed, under not undiscovered, underexposed. They didn't get they didn't get the the airtime that they deserved. I have something to say about that. It was before we actually talking about we actually starting this conversation. I was thinking if you would ask me about something when it comes about the skate park, I would talk about that. Okay. So when I started skating for USD. My first salary from USD was 200 euros. And from those 200 euros, it's all good, man. I was not a professional yeah. skater. I wouldn't consider no, no, myself I'm, a professional skater. But from those 200 euros, I was spending 150 on buying a camera every month. And I think I paid it for two years because the camera was actually very expensive in Portugal. It was 299, 2999. It was a, a Canon. G M two. It's the GL, but in in Portugal it was the GM yeah. or something. Like so it's the it was the GM two. It was too, it was way too expensive. But I was because I, I didn't have that money. Yeah. I was paying it monthly, so I paid a lot. Uh, interest. interest, yeah. 
Yeah. So I was paying 150 every month from my salary. In the, it was like I made 200. I was paying 150 to that camera. Why? Because I live in Portugal. I I wouldn't knew. I didn't knew if I would be able to to travel or anything like that. I didn't really knew what was going to be, but I knew that I, this was something that I wanted to do and I didn't know how to edit. So what I was doing, it was I would film myself. This was the original plan to film myself or to get someone to film me or to film my friends and send the footage. Send the footage and somehow yeah. that's when things slowly started happening. And I'm not saying it's because of me, but it's like somehow that happened. And relating that from 2000 and three or 2004 comparing it to what i do nowadays this is what i'm doing with the park yeah just being it's like being proactive yeah it's like i want to do something the world is telling me not to do it and i'm like sorry i'll make my own way to do it <laughs> and that's basically it it's it's not the same it, it's it's a big i don't have i don't have a house i don't have a house my own house but i'm finding ways to leave from what I love. And I have a, my family that supports me and all that. And obviously we're all benefiting from that, which is yeah. good. We're able to have a, a okay life. So we're good, happy. Um, that is, that is I, like, yeah, like I said, I've always had so much respect for you because you are doing it in your own terms. And yeah, you're, you've managed to make it into a thing that you can support and sustain yourself and your family on, which yeah, is incredibly admirable. And you're not afraid of people going, Oh yeah, that's not cool. Or that sucks or whatever. You're like, Oh yeah, I, I don't care if you think that I'm <laughs> going to do it anyway. And I'm going to be a success at it. And you're just going to yeah. have to live with it basically. So, you know, uh, the hardest people to have that conversation with, it's the ones that I actually got used to it and I actually am very open about it because of my best friend in South Africa, Craig. But I remember like two, three years ago, I was talking to Mark Moreno and he didn't even knew about my YouTube channel and then he started watching some of my stuff and this was at the Winter Clash. And I told him, and you know, most of the people for a long time, all we wanted to do was the stuff that stays forever, all those very those video projects that we put a lot of effort and I respect that it's very important. Those are like marks, like landmarks that you, you put in your, like in your skate career. But what about the people that just want to watch stuff? Why are they watching something stupid on TV that have nothing related? To, it's not related to skating when they would prefer to be watching disposable content. And that's what I, call what I do. It's most of it, it's disposable content. It's yeah. the stuff like people watch it and it's it's not a rewatchable thing. Some of it. Some other, it's actually, I try to to put some value on it, like teaching how to do these or, or teaching how to do that. Or when you make a review, some people that wants to buy the skate, they will go and look for that. For a lot of people, that's just something that they don't have any interest and I respect that and I fully understand. Like if you're a sponsored skater by, like if you're on the pro team from Dashi, why would you want to go and see a review of something that you're not gonna wanna skate? You know, it's just like some people just don't have any interest and I respect that. But at the same time, this type of content, it's also 
interesting for some other people that are just trying to get and learn more about skating. So it's just, yeah, like it's possible for, for, for all the people, for all the people that want to be purists about it or, or like say whatever, the fact is there's a lot, there's a lot of people out there that just want skate content. They want skate content and they want it regularly and it's not there. And you've filled that gap. You've, you've given this massive library of blading related video content whether it's aggressive whether it's you know um free skate whether it's recreational whether it's beginner whether it's expert but it's a massive library that's there and otherwise they wouldn't have access to it you've given them something that, that no one else has and that's i i don't see what's wrong with that and i do i can understand when you get yeah you get your you know like staunch aggressive rollerbladers who are like, oh, I don't like it. It's not cool. It doesn't fit in with my idea. But I'm, I'm okay that's with that. fine. But you know, you, your content isn't for them. It's not for, it's not for like the diehard aggressive skater. It's for everyone. It's to try and make it as accessible as possible to people inside the sport and, and people outside the sport. And I think that's, I think that's a great thing. I'm going to give you one last example about that. Uh, if you're for everyone making YouTube channels, or for you that you're doing something like the way that you succeed on whatever it's like if you find imagine you start doing something you start making a certain type of videos and then there's a video that you you hit the spot and then people really like that and they i know if i keep doing that that's how i'm going to grow a lot more basic it's imagine I know if I'm going to make a downhill video, this is a good example. If I'm going to make a downhill video, if I'm going to put numbers on the title, it's as stupid as that. If I'm going to put numbers on the title, if I'm going to be making a downhill video, and if I have Mo on the video, if it's me and Mo, and if there's numbers on the title, and if there's downhill, that video will do great. Now, knowing that, will I only do those? No, I could do it. I could just find ways to just do that, grow a lot more. And there are channels out there that do it, and I really respect that. I can give you a very good example. Um, uh, Sean Unwin from ShopTask. Oh, yeah. I love what it does. I love what it does. There was a time that he used to do a lot of diverse content, and he found a certain type of skating that is community really loves and he stick to it and i respect that a lot it's he's been growing a lot and people really respect what he does he's amazing but he's been sticking into what he knows it's going to work and it's going to grow a community and he skates with the same skates he does the same type of skating in different spots he created a little team which is him and his guy alex and it's amazing what he does but this is an example for me I try to just be on the whole spectrum of skating, you know? Yeah. So a lot of times it also has, it's not just pros, a lot of times there's negatives because I know I'm going to be posting something. Imagine I post an amazing video with Estrogen, with Michelle Stalin. I make like an interview with her. I know that people will love it. It's starting to get a lot of traction. The YouTube algorithm loves it. If I post something similar, the next video, YouTube is going to suggest it because they already know that was good. People liked it. They stay in the platform for a long time. If I'm going to post something similar, the whole thing is going to pick up. But guess what? 
I want to teach someone how to skate. My next video is going to be how to change a bearing, how to lace your skates. I know it's not going to work for the platform, but at the end, that's not my goal with this thing. It's not just about growing in the platform, but it's to to Stop do my platform. thing. That's, that's my word. You can't use the word platform there. I've taken that. I'm sorry, sorry. That right. sorry, 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 it's sorry, copy, sorry. It's copyrighted. In, right. in, okay. <laughs> but it's not using the same thing on YouTube. But you understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. No, I, I, get, I get it. I get it. Yeah, you, it does make so. sense. Um, the only, there's literally, well, actually, we, we could talk for hours. We have talked for hours. The only other thing I definitely like made sure I want to cover was one of the things that I love about you most is, and you mentioned it, I think it was in Jump Street, you're like, I want to bring other people up as well. You're like, I don't want to just, you know, I don't want to be a, just a success. I want other people to be a success as well. And I do appreciate it because you do practice what you preach. Like I, I've contacted you out the blue and just asked, you know, various questions. And it's it's always surprised me in, in such a small, tight-knit industry that we're in that how rare it is for people to actually be willing to help each other out because there are individuals that you can contact in the aggressive skate industry and they'll be, they'll give you advice. They'll give you, you know, they'll share their experience with you, but there's a lot of people that just want to keep that information to themselves and that's fine if that's their choice, but you know, it's not, you can't say support one another. Let's build this community. Let's build some, and then not practice what you preach. And you very much are a person of your words in that respect, because you've shared information with me. Like I've literally just sent you a message before saying, Oh, like, you know, how do you navigate this? And you're like, Oh, I'll call you. And I'm like, that's you, you go out of your way and you don't need to do that. And I don't it's think easier. a lot of people realize just how available you make yourself to people when they just ask for your help. I told this a million times. I say this a lot of times when it comes to brands and I say this when it comes to creators about the sport, whatever. There's two ways of growing. I could be trying to grow by going here and try to, to get the viewers from this guy. Imagine someone only has five hours a week to watch videos. I make five hours. There's other guys making more videos. I don't want them to watch their videos. I just want them to watch mine. This is not the way there, I think. I don't want to steal anyone's piece of the cake. I want to grow the cake. This is, imagine if I get 1% of all the views in the whole world, I can try to get the percentage that you get, the percentage of views that someone else gets, or I can try to get more people to watch these and then my 1% will be a lot more. Yeah. So that's what I keep on saying, like as a sport, not as a not platform, not as YouTube, <laughs> not as, a, not as a, a social media thing that, because YouTube is social media, say whatever you want. But I think the most important thing is for us to grow this thing that we do. This, some people want to call it sports, some people want to call it a hard form, whatever. Grow skating as a whole. And when I try, when I, example, there's a CJ Wellsmore, there's a Niels Jensen's, they both very active and they both have a certain type of skating and I love what they do with their YouTube channels. Especially like uh, CJ contacted me the other day to try to help him on something. I I'm, I'm, should be in contact with him soon about that. I was saying, I was telling him, let's talk about it. But they do a certain type of skating 
they're the top guys when it comes to that. Yeah. So for them to sh- move out of their way to start doing something very beginner-like probably wouldn't make sense. But at the same time, for me to try to bring more people into skating, they will benefit too. Because I bring new skaters, people to put the skates for the first time. But sooner or later, they, they will become aggressive skaters and they will look at those guys as something or they, they will become a hockey player. They will look at someone else. But I want to bring more people into skating or into whatever we do. And that's why I believe that having more creators will only make us stronger. When I say that whole thing about inline skating and rollerblading and aggressive skating and now Chris Edwards coming with freestyle rolling, I'm not saying that I'm I'm saying the right words. I call it inline skating a lot because it's actually what it is. But yeah, they're inline skates. It's but at the same time, all I'm trying to say is that the more people calling what we do the same, the more strength we are giving to this cake. And the more strength we have in this cake, the more opportunities there is for everyone. And it's as simple as that. If I'm a, I'm going to put this in a way that a lot more people will probably understand. Everyone complains that inline skaters or aggressive skaters or rollerbladers don't make money enough. But if you are a sponsor... If you're like, okay, there's this guy contacting me. He wants me to support this event or he wants me to to support him. Let me see how big whatever he does is. They go like rollerblading, 50 million posts on this hashtag. They go, because the guy said himself that he was a rollerblader. Now, if someone says inline skater, they go 38,000, whatever, 38 million, whatever. But at the same time, if we all call it the same, this 38 and this 50 would already be the same. So this guy, this this sponsor would be looking, this company would be looking into an 88 million industry instead of a 50 or a 38. So the more we call whatever we do the same, the more strength we are giving to that for everyone. But it's, I tried it. I I keep on trying. I keep on at least calling whatever we do the same. Yeah, I get it. And um, I I understand it because I got into an argument with Marek from uh, Head and Skate about it at the last Winter Clash. I call it blading just because I have for so many years that I can't stop myself from calling it that. Um, Mm -hmm. But I understand his frustration at wanting to call it inline skating and stuff like that, yeah. But But as an example, but Mirik then has a shop called Bladeville. Exactly. So it's... But but then you see other brands like Razors. Razors for... They used to be Razor Skates. And then they tried to go on the wave and they started calling themselves razor blades. And then they go back to razor skates. So at the end, it's 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 not their fault. It's our, it's all our, and I mean our as skater. Yeah, collective. Yeah. Yeah. I'll 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 go along. The winter clash is the biggest, the winter clash is the biggest event. It's the biggest blading event. This is true. But yeah, that's that's an exception to the rule it's not the rule so yeah um the second biggest event is the blade cup but then john julio doesn't make them blades makes them skates so is it blades or skates i think them skates just kind of rolls off the tongue easier than them blades them blades them skates but it, it shouldn't be about rolling off the tongue it should be about what we do having a name and 
Arlo Eisenberg won the X Games. He does an interview for ESPN. In the exact same interview, in less than 10 seconds, he called two different names to our sport or to our activity. He called it inline skating or aggressive skating and rollerblading. For someone that never saw that, they don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. He's talking about different activities. And I'm not pointing, I'm the last person. Like I, all these guys that I said, I'm like the first one to idolizing them, you know? I'm just talking and myself, like before I moved to South Africa, I made an event in Portugal called Blade Meeting. So yeah, <laughs> um, I do think that's, that's one thing that I just find so, and it's not just restricted to rollerblading or aggressive blading. It's, it's, I think it's just life in general. You can respect someone and like you said, like idolize someone and not, you, but not agree with every decision they make. And I encounter this all the time with wheel scene where I'll, I'll address something or I'll address someone and I'm known for being quite blunt or offering my take on things and it can get me into trouble, but they assume or the community assumes that you have it out for that person or as a personal vendetta, or you don't like the person or you don't like the company. And it's like, you can like a person and respect them, but not agree with certain decisions they make. And you can make those opinions public and it doesn't mean you don't like them. So for example, if a brand does something I like, it doesn't mean I don't like their product. It just means I don't like a certain decision they've made. That doesn't mean I'm saying that's, boycott the brand, normal. destroy the brand. But I just, it's interesting when you said that because you're like, oh, I, I love and respect Arlo. I idolized him, but I don't, I don't like what he did there. He confused the audience. And but, but I don't even think that he did it on purpose, you know? Oh yeah, oh no, not like, at all. No, and no I'm not excusing no for anything. It's just like, yeah, no one's saying it was intentional. It. Yeah, we do it. I'm yeah. talking about so. I'm talking about some with with. I'm talking about skating with someone. And if that one person is always calling it rollerblading, I'm going to end up calling it rollerblading in the same conversation just so that we are talking about the same. And probably I shouldn't do it if I, if I really want to stick to something. But all I'm saying is that we do it. And I'm not saying they do it. We do it. I do it too. Yeah. But I do know that, or I do think, it's not because I do not. I do think that if we all call it the same, it makes whatever we do stronger. And, but then we always have that people know it should not be inline skating because inline skating is the guys that wear Lycra and do something. And we don't do that. Yeah. I have that a lot too. I get that a lot. Yeah. Um, but I don't care. I use Lycra too. <laughs> that's, that's an image I that watch. I wouldn't be able to get out of my head. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. It is quite funny because I refer to, I'm like, someone's like, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going blading. Oh, wait there i just need oh, my skates have broken my skates suck i need to pick up my skates oh these skates are awesome so it's like why are you is it wilson blading or wilson skating wilson blading original blading content yeah just because i was like original inline skating content that's like that doesn't that doesn't see that's not that's a mouthful yeah, see, but that's yeah um it's and I always hated have you ever googled blading have you have, have you googled blading a lot of times yeah we're like the third hit or something <laughs> You, you might end up we might end up without a couple hair but before you get skates yeah yeah this is true um <laughs> and i always hated the 90s term aggressive inline skating like whenever whenever just someone mentioned that term it just really used to just grate on me because it just sounded so like 
American yeah, I somehow, Pepsi Cola. I somehow, yeah, it's true. It's very... It's like gnarly, yes, aggressive, yeah. red. And you're like, no, just get, <laughs> no, no. It just makes my skin crawl. Oh, yeah, I, can't I actually think the word aggressive, and then a lot of people think the same, the word aggressive is not the right one, but there's not another one. Yeah, true. Did you saw the video that you spoke about Colin Kelso? Did you saw the, the video? I, I actually, it's funny because I made a video on my YouTube channel after watching um, the Chris Edwards episode of Jump Street. I was like, man, he, he called it a different name, like another one. He did. He kept, and, he kept referring yeah, to it as a different activity. And I was like, that is like, you're being very inconsistent here. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, but, it's, but I, I respect that. It's, it's, man, it's Chris Edwards. But the, the thing is, I, I heard that and I was like, man, I'm going to make another video. I made one a couple of years ago about inline skating and I'm, I'm going to address it again. And then like one or two weeks later, I was looking on something on Instagram and the video from IGTV, from the IGTV from Colin Kelso showed up and I was, I was listening to that and then I went and he posted it before me. But the thing is, he, what he's saying is very true. What we do, it's skating period it's yeah. skating we don't even need to put this and that and that like aggressive whatever it's skating now skating can be done with a lot of different types of skates with a lot of but it's skating and i, I love it listen to that or for whoever I, I is have, listening to this I, I remember him saying like skateboarders are trying or skateboarders try to take it from us they can't take it from yeah, us it's, it's ours we yeah, have this it. is yeah. we we came way earlier yeah, yeah it's, well you know <laughs> yeah skateboards are made of skates so by default skates came first yeah yeah if you know the history of skateboarding or if you know the history of yeah they come skating, from yeah they just necked they necked quad skates and shoved it on a plank yeah yeah to go to the beach yeah to surf they yeah. wanted to surf the asphalt yeah i know yeah I've seen I've seen Lords of Dogtown. I know, I know. They are asphalt surfers. <laughs> <laughs> They're ah, something. freestyle asphalt surfers. That's <laughs> freestyle asphalt surfers. I love it. Yeah. That's almost the aggressive inline skating. It's like the freestyle Jeez. asphalt yeah. surfer. Don't yeah. Let's let's not go that route. Right. I've consumed a lot of your time this evening, which I'm very grateful good, for. What I want to know is, Thank is you. there anything you want to say before we wrap things up? Because I know you're a, you're a man of many thoughts. So just wondering if there's a final thought you want to add on. No, I'm, yeah, I would say that I'd, as much as I hate this whole pandemic, I'm very, very, very happy with what this is actually doing for skaters as skaters and not as people yeah. that work in this and this and that. But for skating, it's been amazing. And it made people like you become very active on these. It made like the guys from Jump Street jumping out of the the regular podcast to do a lot of different things. You have Jason and from Milano is what he's doing. It's oh, awesome. Oh, Jason Adriani. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He's, Jason was the reason I, I didn't do this. So like I didn't do it until later because I'd wanted to do, I'd wanted to do a podcast for years, and I just kept putting it off and saying the location's all wrong. Da, 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 because I wanted to do a TV show like Nine Club, and I was mm -hmm. like, I love interviewing people; it's my favorite thing. And I've literally got hundreds of recordings from all 
the wheel scene mm. interviews we did for the print magazine. And I'm like, the recordings are so much better than the interviews, but no one's ever going to hear the recordings. And it just annoyed me. And then Jump Street started and I was like, oh, there's no point in me doing one now. Jump Street are doing it and they're doing a great job. But then I was finding that there was questions I still had for the guests that I wanted to know that they weren't. And I was like, well, I'm a little bit more inquisitive in, about certain things. And then Zoom happened and we started doing Zoom calls with all your friends because of coronavirus. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, now I can use this. I can use this and I can, I can do a podcast. And then Jason started doing the Instagram ones and I was like, well, if I do that, I'm stepping on Jason's toes. I was like, oh, I'm just going to leave it. And the only reason I started doing platform is because Jason took a break from doing the blading chats. And I just thought, oh, he's finished with that now because he's got busy with his You did almost everyone. And I was like, so I'll, <laughs> I'll start doing one. And that's, and then, yeah. So it's just quite funny how things like that happen. But the truth is, it's, this is amazing because everyone has different takes on things. Jason is always the very positive guy and he has a lot of different questions from what you have i'm not saying that you're a negative person but you like i said you're a lot more inquisitive you know so that's that it's it's cool and the way that you guys deal with like guy the conversations are different the same with like with jump street billy and austin have even between them they have different views on certain yeah. things and that's awesome so what I'm trying to say with all these is like the whole coronavirus got a lot more people creating content, a lot more pro skaters actually investing some of their time. Like, dude, I'm going to speak about CJ again. CJ just got a van and is traveling around yeah, Australia. It's, it's a very cool concept. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like all these things that wouldn't be happening or probably wouldn't be the same or we wouldn't be. And then, we wouldn't have the time to watch it the same way because now people are at home and they have the time to watch it. Most of the people are at home. So it's just, I think I was lucky with what I do, obviously, because it's just more people at home with, like I said, with the big library that I have, I have a lot more people watching. I become a bit more powerful, my words somehow. <laughs> yes. It's the truth. If that makes no, sense I, to you, it's like, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know I, if I would, that's I would agree. Word. I would, yeah, I, would yeah I, I don't know if I can use that word. I don't know it's, if that's the word to use, but the truth is, it is that. <laughs> it's, it's been happening. So it's, it's helping everyone. And for me, it's like, I wouldn't think of having a park. I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, I was telling my wife, maybe I should try to get a mini ramp from Bernardo because he's not doing events. I can try to rent the mini ramp or maybe ask him because I do some social media stuff for them. Mm -hmm. I can try to, to maybe get him paying me whatever with the mini ramp or just let the mini ramp stay here and not paying for the wood, something like that. And ended up being a full thing. So it's like, got people out of their comfort zones and that's within the whole mass it's been good it's awesome man yeah. well, i'm really glad things are going well for you i wish you all the success in the future there's one thing i forgot to ask you i saw you I were looking online for your pro wheel that you your old pro wheel that you must have got rid of or I never find did, it did you ah oh. so no one but, no, no one out there's got, got a set no, but I might make. I might get a wheel. I can't tell you a lot more. Oh, but. I just, I just, I just unearthed that information out of you at the last minute. That was okay. 
Right. Yeah, I might get a, it's, it's not undercover, but I might get a wheel. And if it happens, it's from a brand that people haven't seen in a while. That's all I can say. Okay. All right. I think that's a good, a good cliffhanger to leave it on. <laughs> um, thank you very much for your time this evening. And oh, yeah, I can't you, wait to see what the park looks like when it's finished. Um, I just hope I can get over there one day to, yeah, to battle you on your little, your little, uh, your little rail that you've got there. I'm, I'm game for that. Please come, come over whenever you, we, we can, we can do something. And if you ever come, you can come with a family or for everyone who's watching this, I'm still, we're going to still try to organize things, but like, obviously for me to be able to work, I won't be able to get people all the time, but I will try to organize ways for people to come around. And I already had a lot of people that really want to come. So I, I'm, I I'm very excited about that. Cause the thing is like, I live in a very small and quiet town and this is actually something that can be very, very cool for what I do. Definitely. Like would yeah. be appealing for some people to come around and to do something. So hopefully it will work. Awesome. We'll, well I can't <laughs> wait to see what you come up with. And yeah, speak Thank soon. You. Thank you very much, man. Have a good day. See you later. <laughs>